my action was I felt a lot of anger inside myself. I felt my emotions were, were everywhere like. The the truth finally coming out was there were tears came down my face with just finding out the truth like and just wondering why it took thirteen years to find out the truth. In that 13 years, before we talk about Noel, who's obviously very important and very central to all of this, how much of a fight for you and Abina had, had the last 13 years been? It's, it, it's been a fierce battle because in his first, in his early couple of years, like, he was crawling around and, um, you know, he was, I'd say, very manageable, but it was, the latter years have become hazardous, I'll call it, with him bumping into obstacles and doors half opened and he banging his head off the doors and 24-hour watch. That's what, that, that's what, he, what he became from, from we'll say, his younger days where he was, we'll say, in the cot, in the carry cot, where he was grand, like we'll say. But as he got older, moving around the house, Hitting into obstacles was a major concern, like, and it was non-stop, like. What is his life like now as a result of what happened? He's, uh, well, he's a very, he's a very happy child. He's, he never feels pain. He, he could bang himself down. He'd say, he could have a lump in his head. And he'd say, I'm grand, I'm fine. You know, he's, he's a very pleasant child. You know, and concern, he concerns what others more than himself. You know, he, he didn't want to be the, the the attention at all. Like, he just, he just feels he's the same as everybody else, like, and happy in himself, like, you know. Mm. When did his sight really start to fail? Because this was a progressive condition as he aged. Um, when he, back in 2007, he, he had a small bit up to 2007, but it was in the corner of the eye, which was able to get him to navigate. But in 2007, he got glaucoma, and it, um, it took the bit he had. And that's, that was a big, a big turning point for us, because, like, it, it, he was gone from a child that had the corner of the eye just to get around a bit, like, you know, navigate to a child that had nothing at all now. What you know now, Noel, is that this didn't, need to happen that a failure around the time he was born and he was born prematurely at 25 weeks a failure to treat him in time meant that this this condition progressed to the point at which Noel lost his sight that's right yeah it was to said like in from 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 day one we knew we knew there was something not right we knew there was and all our our sleepless nights and everything like we'd say like Yesterday was, uh, once all the hard work was done and finally ended, like, it, yesterday was, it wasn't so much a result, but it was just, the truth came out, like, and the truth in, in myself and Abina's eyes, the truth should have came out long ago, like, if the truth came out in the start, it'd be, the burden would have been way easier, because we'd be able to live away the next 13 years in a better state than we lived him. The treatment, there was a delay in treating him when he was a baby. 
there was there was a, a delay. He was left he was left go six days longer than what he should have for for a special for an, for an operation that would have prevented this. That would have prevented it. Yeah. What do you say about a system that puts you and Abina and Noel through thirteen years of a fight and litigation and court case? And, and quite literally going up the steps of the High Court before you get an acknowledgement that a mistake was made? Well, we got an acknowledgement. We didn't get a sorry. We didn't get the word sorry. Like, we just... There was no apology. Like, we got, we got a settlement. The, the other side said they were liable, 100% liable, but we got no apology. Apology wouldn't do everything, but apology would help. Why do you think they didn't apologise when they admitted they were wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, I, I just feel, from my own opinion, like this, to something in a, in a link-up for 13 years without admittance. Like, so, I'd say this is in correspondence with that as well. Like, because sorry would, for myself and Abina and, and the family, sorry would help. It wouldn't change no, no old circumstances. It wouldn't get no old sight back, but sorry would help an awful lot. And, I'm just saying there with my wife like this. There's other families in years to come down the road. Like, I don't want them to go through what we went through. Because, like, it's been heartbreak. He's a lovely child, everything. In, you know, he's a pleasant child and everything. But the, the work, is, especially my wife, put in with him. She put in countless hours upon hours. Like... I, I, I work in the factory myself and a boy and I had 24-hour care with him here, like, 24-hour care every day, like, in... The money, the money that has been awarded now is going to go to Noel and for his care, and, and rightly so. But do you... Is the matter not closed now? Because you haven't had that apology, is it... Is it it's, it's almost as if speaking to you that this means it's continuing in your mind. Well... Uh, Admittance is there. Admittance is there. We we knew there was something wrong from day one. We knew there was something up from day one. But, like, admittance was never there until Monday night. But do you think they could go the extra yard for you now? Well, I, rec- I reckon they should. Because, like, now that, that after 13 years, that after admitting it, they can now surely just acknowledge and say, look, we're sorry this happened. That's all. It's just one word. Um, you mentioned other people who are also engaged in a similar fight over claims no. that something went wrong. What would you say to those people today now, given that you are... Um, well, what I would say is, like, we went for advice with uh, Mr. Ernest Canton and co. And we got good advice on it. And they've done a perfect job for us they helped us through, through hard times. They tried to make things easier, like, but they still, they still told us reality. Like there, there was failures done on the other side that unfortunately cannot be changed. Noel's eyes are going to remain the same. They're not going to be reversible. But like they've done for us, they gave us strength, and they got, they got us, they got us a result. In this case, they got us the result. They done a mighty job, okay. and uh, the, the, le- the legal team—they they, were—they were superb. Every, every every one of them. And I just advise any family out there, like, if they feel that 
their child has been treated in the wrong, just go for legal advice. Just go to a solicitor and get legal advice on the matter. Okay. And not to go through what we went through. We, we hope to speak with Ernest Cantle and your solicitor a little later in the programme. Um, Tig, I can only wish you the very best uh, for Noel. He, you, you give a lovely description of your son uh, who doesn't seem as if this disability is going to hold him back in life and uh, wish you the very best luck in the future and thank you for taking our call. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. Thanks to Vodafone. Think forward, get ahead with Vodafone Red Business. I, I think there is a, a trend. I mean, I don't uh, want to talk about the Noel McCarthy case uh, specifically, but I just wanted to make a couple of observations, if I may, Jonathan, in relation to how these cases are dealt with. And I think that it's time that there is a change both in the way that doctors and hospitals deal with it and then in the way in which we lawyers deal deal with it. I mean, in the first instance, I think that if there is an adverse outcome in a medical procedure, uh, that the doctor or the hospital or the nurse, if it arises, should tell the patient what happened and why it happened. Uh, and in fairness to the medical council, they have brought in rules of professional conduct for the doctors which obligates them under those guidelines to say what happened. But that's not in a statutory format. In other words, you're not breaking any law if you don't do it. And until it's brought into statute, I don't think that it will have any real effect. This has been looked at um, in the UK. If you recall, there was a whole pile of disasters in the Staffordshire area. And a man called Mr. Francis, who's a Queen's Counsel in the UK, spent a long time in looking at this. And he came up with recommendations which are being incorporated into law in the UK, which require, as a matter of law, or will require as a matter of law, doctors to tell the patient what happened and why it happened. Is, is there a fear, Ernest, that the, the reason that it doesn't happen is because of uh, an absolute terrifying vista of court cases and individuals being sued? And that's what's thrown up in the medic's mind, whereby... Up until that adverse outcome, they would have moved hell in high water to help the patient and would tell everybody what was going on. An adverse finding happens, and then all of a sudden, they are so afraid, they say nothing. Well, I, I think that fear is, is, is trotted out as being a fear. And I, I suspect, in fairness to, to a lot of the medics, that it may well be a fear. But I say, so what? I mean, what we're requiring people to do is to tell the truth as to what happened. And we seem to have accepted that in some way or other, it's acceptable not to tell the truth. And uh, there's been a lot of research done on this, particularly by a man called Tim MacDonald in Illinois, who is a doctor uh, who has spent a lot of his time and his professional life looking at patient safety. And he has introduced into his hospital in Illinois a duty of candor. And in the years immediately after that duty of candor was brought in, the number of claims dropped considerably because people, when dealt with frankly, will accept the adverse outcome. And he's also found that the people who do claim are far more reasonable to deal with, that the lines of communication are up and running. I mean, we mustn't forget that the basis of the relationship between the doctor and patient is a basis in trust. And that trust should be respected uh, after there has been an adverse outcome. Mm. It shouldn't be the situation that the doctor should clamp up and say, I'm keeping this under wraps. What, what, I, I just don't understand that. What role for the HSE and the system in all of this? Because they're the ones who are being sued 
in theory, in tandem with the medical profession. Um, you've got the, the, the state solicitor's office would be involved in this, I would assume, uh, and you would have uh, the various different organisations just guarding their own backsides rather than dealing with either the patient who's had the adverse outcome or their, or, or their families. Well, uh, I think that they're, as you put it, guarding their own backsides at, at a pretty uh, costly expense to us taxpayers and to society generally. I mean, I, I just don't understand this defend and deny policy. And, uh, you know, we constantly see uh, situations where at the 11th hour, a uh, case that's been fought literally for a number of years, suddenly they cave in and say we're admitting liability, no question of apologising or anything like that. And what we have, it's slightly technical, but in, if you bring a claim, uh, the hospital must put in a defence to that claim. The defences that have been put in at the moment are just just to deny everything. And that strikes me as an improper way of proceeding. And, and it also strikes it strikes me, as someone like you deal with these cases on a regular basis, nobody actually wins in this scenario. No one wins, and it's it's hugely stressful for the family. But, I mean, until we admit the extent and recognise the extent of the problems that we have in, have in hospitals, and unless we force people to admit that there are these problems, we won't be able to deal with them. I mean, it's really come to a situation where we now have to legislate for the truth. We've got to tell people, you must tell the truth. And I say you must do it at two levels. One, when the doctor meets the patient after the adverse outcome, he should be obligated to tell the patient I have messed up here. And when he comes to tell his lawyers how to defend a case, he should tell the lawyers and be obligated to tell the lawyers, you must concede that I have messed up here and not put in this uh, defend and deny policy. And I think that's what needs to happen in the State Claims Agency and the HSE.